This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week Podcast, episode 213, sponsored by Drawboxes by CollectionDraw.com, Discount Comic Book Service, and Audible.com. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash iFanboy for a free trial, and iFanboy listeners like you. The news had come out in the First World War. The bloody Red Baron was flying once more. The Allied Command ignored all of its men. Called on Snoopy to do it again Was the night before Christmas Forty below When Snoopy went up In search of his foe Despite the Red Baron Fiercely they fought With ice on his wings Snoopy knew he was caught Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 213. My name is Ron Richards, and as always, I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Ron. Hello, Connor. And also, Josh Flanagan's back with us. Hello. Hello, Josh. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, like yeah. An evil Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. I had a busy Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so tired. Let me sleep. 
All right. Well, <laughs> no sleep because you are from the website ifanboy.com along with Connor and I as well as a whole bunch of other uh, ifanboy folks. And I don't know what I meant by that. But at ifanboy.com, we read comics. And every week we uh, read a bunch of comics that came out on Wednesday. And then one of us picks the best one and writes about it on the website in the pick of the week review. And then we come here to the podcast to talk about it as long as all the, as well as all the other books that came out this week and anything else that is of interest. Um, we also have a burgeoning uh, membership base over at iFanboy, you iFanboy members, which make you eligible for win- winning contests and giveaways. This month of December is packed with them. We have winners coming up later in the show, as well as news about future giveaways. So you want to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear about that. Um, before we get to Josh's pick of the week this week, I want to warn you that we're going to talk about what happened in the, in the comics, in the stories. You might consider that spoiling it if you haven't read the books yet. If you've read the books yet, you could consider it enjoying the books. Um, but if you haven't read them, press pause, come back here, then listen to the rest of it. You won't have the story spoiled for you, even though apparently Marvel doesn't care about that. Um, like I said, hey, yo. <laughs> like, hey. like I said, Josh has the pick this week. So Josh, uh, tell us all about the mighty number 11. The mighty number 11. I, uh, if you have been listening to this show, you will know that uh, we've, we've been – me and Connor have been very up on, on the mighty uh, the whole time. And, and if you haven't been listening, then this is the first you've heard of it. But it's true. Go back and check. <laughs> uh, and, and every time it comes out, I think it would be nice if the mighty was pick of the week this week. I'll, I'll admit I have some bias in that area. There it is. <laughs> um, and, but every time I've sort of resigned myself that – while it's really good every time, the thing that's actually really good about it is that it kind of doesn't stand out. It's a slow burn book. It is, um, which is why this week it, it really excited me because I found myself flipping through it really fast, but not in a bad way, but in a in a it was there was it was a big fight basically, and it this was, was the this was the catharsis issue. Yeah, it was where exactly. after eleven to ten months we finally had the point where the fight happens, and, and so of course it's exciting. And, 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 and each, I'm not a fight guy. I'm not a guy who wants to read. You're a oh, lover. I am. You're not a fighter. I love, <laughs> I love lamps. Peace, love, dope. I love Peace, lots love, of dope. <laughs> He's like, you're like my old, unhip uncle. Peace, <laughs> love, dope, right? That's what you kids like. <laughs> I don't have an uncle. Uh, anyway, this, but for me, like, I, I, like, I'm not a big fight fan. I don't read the Hulk. You know, I. <laughs> No, but like that's why people read the Hulk. Right? Yeah. No. Yes. Nothing yes. Else yeah, going and on. I, I remember you complaining that this issue was just a fight, and you want more, even though Invincible is close to being a fight book. That wasn't a fight. That wasn't. I didn't complain about. No, that. you didn't complain. I'm just saying that Invincible is close to being a fight book. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. But there's there's emotion and stuff behind it because the thing is, like Connor's saying, it was cathartic. They've been building up to this for a really yeah. long time, so it mattered in the story. And I just found myself like flipping through it, excited. Like a fight was exciting. In a way that a fight in a comic book hasn't been exciting for me in a really long time. If you go back and you think about the ending of, of Secret Invasion or, or Civil War, like there was supposed to be those big fights, and they didn't have any of the impact that the fight in this issue did. Yeah. Uh, it, it, in that way, it just wasn't – this one followed from page to page. There was a, a clear story to this fight um, that was going on. And, and it, if you'll forgive me if I'm being a little bit uh, uh, vague, but – a lot of people haven't read this, and I don't really want to give it away all yeah, that even much. Even though we spoiler warning the show, most of the people on my fanboy are going to be picking this up in trades. Including so. me. Including me. And, and like the thing I don't is, want to tell you that this is the issue where the mighty dies. Oh, hey. <laughs> there isn't even a character named the mighty. No, there's not. So. Um, yeah, well, it was funny because like I haven't read a single issue of this, and I've heard you guys cr- raving about it. And um, I am, I am a, a recent convert to the Church of Chris Omni. Um, mm. And so, like, I want to read this desperately, but I'm going to pick it up and trade because I, I'm so late to the game. Um, but when I saw you made it the pick of the week, even my, my, was my first reaction. I was like, finally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and and you know it, it was just it was a good fight. Like the fight had purpose and it had meaning. And one of the things that was really neat about it was I think that Somni really. Uh, excelled in the storytelling for this one because as you went through it, like at the moments where the action was really big, the panels got big and there were all these like full page panels and two page spreads, but that served the story exactly. It was all pacing. Yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful pacing. And like even in some parts, you know, it was a, there was a two page spread and even the lettering was gigantic. Like it was just, you know, it, it just and it felt like sort of a good, good classic comic book, a good, great pacing. The last page was. You know, it basically did this really neat thing where it showed these two characters as equals where they had not been before, and it did that graphically. Um, you know, you put that together with another amazing cover by by Dave Johnson, who's come up with this oh. aesthetic for all of the covers for this, and and like, oh, it's it's just so good. It tells you it tells you some story on the cover. It has on every one. You could almost consider it a spoiler, but it's just subtle enough. It's just vague enough that it's not ruining anything. It's just highlighting. It's exactly the kind of thing that Ron, you ask for all the time. Yep. It's a cover that has something to do with what's going on inside it. And uh, you know, just a just a great fun issue. And it was I was a really, you know, in a, in a week of some very, very strong comic books, it was the one that at the at the end of a reading I was like, that was awesome. And I read it again right there. And you guys know I never do that. You never do that. Yep. I never, ever, never do that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear a tiny criticism, uh, just because I, I got to be fair, uh, there is a, a character who is not powered becomes powered. Uh, and it's not entirely clear when that happens. I had to go back and find it. And then I did, but they, they, the, I think the storytelling was actually a little bit off in that part. Whose fault is that? Um, depends on how the script is written. If not, then it's, it's the artist's fault. But it looks to me like it was a script thing that didn't translate quite as well as they'd, they'd wanted. Surprisingly, it's the colorist's fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah. Let me, let me, but just John Calise. <laughs> you're, you're on notice. Calling you you're out. on the list. <laughs> but in, on that same token, to talk about the art in this book, like I mentioned, the pacing and the storytelling with the sort of sizes of the panels, you know, the whole thing is done in this dark, shadowy thing where in the beginning, like the whole issue. It's like it looks that lighting like a flashlight is under you, which is the mon- is you know something's gonna happen. It's gonna be bad, and then like the color bumps up, and 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 there's there's just it like sort of looks like it takes place in this fiery pit, and the whole thing sort of orange and red, which just adds to that excitement of you know that sort of there's flames all around them, and it's big and scary, and uh, I didn't know what was gonna happen, uh, you know, with this for a long time. You know, Connor and I have been saying that you know there's a there's a character who. It seems like he's really good, and then for most of it, you're like, "Wait, something's off," and that's apparent right from the beginning. It's not like it's it's going to ruin anything for anybody. Um, but I didn't know what was going to happen or how it was going to shake out. Uh, and this answered some of those questions: Is the penultimate issue the next one? Is the last one of this, and possibly the last one ever? Um, no, I think it, it will be. And it, I mean, I think it's designed that way. It's, t- it's a twelve issues long story. It's like the like irredeemable. It doesn't really, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a distinct arc to this story. It's yeah. not like your and typical. I, and I love book. that. And that, that's going to go on forever and, and ever and ever. It's going to be this twelve issue story done and done. And it's going to be, you know, if it's, it's going to be a big trade paperback or a hardcover that that I'm going to be very excited to recommend to people. And I say, well, it's a really good superhero story that I probably don't know about. It'd be like, bam, right here. And, you know, and it's not, it's not reinventing the wheel. It really isn't. It's more that it's, it's a really classic. It's telling a really good story. Yep. It's a, you don't have to reinvent the will to be a good comic book. No, you definitely don't. And you know, you don't have to reinvent the superhero to do it, but you do have to do it really well to make you stand out unless you are doing that. If you're not Grant Morrison, like, you know, your your craft has to be there and and it's all there in this book and it's just a solid, really entertaining story. 
uh, a big surprise of the this year for me. Huge surprise. I'm glad you came on because you came on after the second issue. Did you went back and got the first I two? Think I think the first four. Yeah, I was glad because I, I I didn't want to be the only guy reading this and talking into a vacuum about how good it was. Um, but I'm glad people are coming on to it, and it's it's going to be a book. We're you know I'm, I'm looking forward to. Tra- I'm going to get the trade when it comes out. Yeah. You know I'm going to be recommending it as much as I can. And you look, unless the last issue tanks it, which it know, won't. It's, it's, <laughs> it's almost, all a dream. It's, almost be, it's kind of impossible at this point. <laughs> Bobby steps out of the shower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it would be awesome. Then I would tout it. And the last the last six pages are just black. <laughs> Bob Newhart picks up the phone. It's just a combination of all of those, you know. Like, <laughs> the kid every, shakes the, the, kid every, shakes the uh, snow globe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone goes to jail, and every character from the issue shows up and get into and protest or testifies yeah. against them. Awesome. Um, and the might and the costume, the button is too close to it on the costume. So. <laughs> now, I really, I really liked the mighty a lot. I gave it five stars. I really enjoyed it. But I, for me, Jonah Hex Fifty was a tour de force. Oh I can, man, that I was, can see that. I it was. It was. I think. I think it's up there. One of the best Englishes of the year. It was. It was amazing because I don't read Jonah Hex, and I bought it because of Darwin. You know, because a big fan of Darwin Cook, and I was just amazed at how great the story was. Yep. Like, yeah. like Jimmy and Just like because I, I went back and read. I, I read. You guys maybe read Jonah Hex when it first came out. And it was all right. There are westerns. I, like there has been marked. Like those stories have gotten. If those are how every issues are, I need to be reading this book. Well, we, we you know we've had fifty yeah. issues of character development. And the thing yeah. is, like. Josh and I always talk and joke about how Jonah Hex is fucked up and something fucked up always happens in the book. But this was all about emotional fuck up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the end of this issue, you're just devastated. This is Jonah Hex is devastated. You don't ever get to see Jonah Hex devastated. Yeah. And it was just, I was like, I finished it and I was like, oh. Well, I, I mean, no, I just, I gave this five stars too. This was. And I'm not, I'm not denigrating your pick. I'm and and uh, and uh, you know, the thing is, we have spent 50 issues, which is over four years. Exactly. By the way, they put this book out like friggin' clockwork. Yep. That's it's, you an, know, that's it's an accomplishment. It's totally an accomplishment. Oh my god! Uh, but but the thing is, we have spent over four years seeing Jonah Hex at every single time when the story comes to an emotional crux and he has a chance to do the right thing because it's the right thing. He says fuck all that and walks away and gets drunk. Yeah. Uh, and this is the first time that his 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 facade cracked yep. just a little bit. And so you know, if you can imagine, Ron, you haven't been reading it all along, but me and Connor. You know, it even it even it, it really hits you in that way. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the art for a moment. Jeez. Um, oh, lovely, I, lovely. It was lovely art. My favorite. Uh, I, I literally, I got to. I, there was one page I got to in this, and I thought, and I don't do this very much because we read so many comics. But I got to one page, and I thought, I want to own that page. Yeah. Um, and it's the one where she is building the house. Oh, that was a great page. That uh, was a great page. Yeah. And, 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 and it's another. It's a really good example when we talk about Darwin Cook. It's not his rendering, and we talk about him being a really good cartoonist and a really really good storyteller. You know, that's as simple as the drawings will ever get in a professional comic book. Yeah, on look, at the, look at the people in the background; they're very mm-hmm. simple. It, and all, it isn't. All it isn't so much what he's drawing; it's the way he does it. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and it's it's a, such a subtlety, and it's a you know, and like there were so many moments that gar- that grabbed me, like when you saw when he revealed that she was pregnant, when mm-hmm. you know, like it, it was just uh, it was just so, and like the and. The color palette and everything was just uh, it was just amazing. It was really really good, and I love. I honestly did love the interludes in the story, the way there were little chapters and how you moved along, you know, throughout the the nine months of or whatever period that, that this time period was. Um, and there was little bits of humor too, like the like there's you know, and part of the story is that Jonah Hex takes on a bounty of like to kill these fifty guys or whatever, and so there's a whole sequence of you know, no little to no dialogue of Hex just tearing through killing these people, and like there's one, one guy's in the outhouse and Hex has got a cannon pointed at the house. 
outhouse, you know, like there's little touches of 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 comedy as well as drama. Like it it was such a roller coaster. It was oh so great. So yeah, yeah. I think I mean the the quick story is that is that uh, Jonah Hex's nominal girlfriend uh, to Black. Not, Black, who isn't really his girlfriend, but is she? She was one of she, he saved her many 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 issues ago. She's all cut up. Nobody, you know, no man will have her but Jonah Hex, and she's become a bounty hunter in her own right. In the beginning, they have sex after a successful bounty. She disappears to go have his baby, and in the meanwhile, Jonah Hex has been given a job to catch fifty bad guys. It's the fiftieth issue, and it, <laughs> those two stories come together in a very Seinfeldian way, and um, and then it just gets really dark because 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 it involves a lot of death and his baby, and and, and some very very bad things happen. And there's a really great full page shot of Jonah Hex. Lighting his cigar with a Gatling gun in the yeah. background, yeah. and uh, and and then the end, the last two pages, the last page itself is just a devastating page. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculously how because we in one issue a long time ago we had a flash forward, mm-hmm. didn't we? About yes. him, and he had a kid, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, here's the kid. Not oh, so much. No, not, not so much. Not the kid. Sad. It, you know, you got to give that. To all the whole team in terms of execution, uh, you know, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, uh, Darwin Cook, Dave Stewart. Oh, jeez. It's the 50th issue. And, you know. And it's the how, best one. It's the well, best how often do they try to make an issue? This, is, this one's a special. This will be a big deal. And, like, it hit on every single note that it was supposed to, even structurally, by being the 50th issue and he's killing 50 people. And, and ah. Oh. It was great. I mean, it. Yeah, it was it's, great. It's interesting because you, you know we track the the pulls on our fanboy, and this issue got about a hundred plus more pulls than a normal issue because of Darwin Cook's art. And what's great about it is those people could read the story and not be lost. But I, I encourage anyone out there who who hadn't picked this issue, pick this issue up. Yeah. First of all, it's a bang for your buck. It's three ninety nine. It's double sized, and it's dense. It, it, you you get a lot of story here. So go if if this is all sounds if you like Darwin Cook, if you all think you might enjoy this this is one of the best single issues of the year yeah. and, and he's you right you don't need to read anything it is a story all on its own yeah. it is it is a, a tale a parable a fable <laughs> i think our writer paul said it was the best short graphic novel he read this year it's, oh yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's it's a complete three-act story in and of itself you don't need to know anything going into it and uh you definitely get your money's worth out of this i really love this issue a lot. yeah it's great yeah and, and it, it might and it's, it was sold out of my store on wednesday like it was it, i mean it's Hot, it will be hotly, you know, grabbed because of Darwin. How and stuff high like is that. it on the wizard hot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah don't, don't get me started on that. So anyway, so um, so moving on from the Jonah Hex, uh, I made the joke earlier at the top of the at the top of the show how uh, Marvel doesn't care about spoilers. Apparently, neither does DC either. But we'll get into in a little bit. But um, so the next big status quo events kind of starts this week at Marvel with uh, the siege with siege beginning and siege cabal the one shot. Um, and if you remember uh, about a year ago now, uh, this the, was it the it was Secret Invasion cabal or was it uh, Dark Reign cabal? It was one of those. It was an issue that focused on Norman Osborn and Doctor Doom and Namor and the Hood and Loki and all that sort of stuff. This kind of revisits that a year later after this year well, of the Dark Reign. Um, I had this thought recently that I had this thought recently because the big thing at the end of Secret Invasion was revealing the Cabal. Yep. That was the last time we saw them. Yes. Well, no, no. They've they've gotten together a couple of times before. Since right, then. Yeah, yeah. But still, like yeah. they didn't. It didn't matter. Right. It had nothing to do with the story. The it, story was everyone against Norman Osborn. It wasn't everybody against this team of bad guys. Right. The the, the whole cabal. The idea of the 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 dark Illuminati. Um, mm-hmm. I loved when I found out about it. I thought that was genius. And the fact that if you ask me, it's a great concept that was completely squandered. 
Mm-hmm. It was completely squandered this in this past year. Um, yeah, totally. And so, but, but a couple of questions with this book. Now, I know I don't read Thor, so mm-hmm. I'm going to plead ignorance here on some of this stuff, but wasn't Loki a chick? He's back to being a yeah, man. Okay. That changed. And yeah, that changed a while ago. Asgard's in the Midwest? Yes. Well, okay. That's been there. Yeah, that happened in the Thor story. You oh, okay. Thor yeah, I don't read Thor. Yeah, it was all, it was all new to me. Uh, well, that <laughs> happened in Thor number one, and they're on Thor 604 now. So it's uh. been <laughs> about 60 years. Um, I thought it was really uh, – so in the story, so basically what's happening is that you know the goblin mask has been talking to Norman and tells him that they need to get rid of um, any any sort of influence into the United States, include, and now the target should be on the, uh, the Asgards, uh, Asgardians. And, um, um, and so he brings the cabal together. Um, and without Namor, without Emma, because they defected and you know th- went against Norman, um, and so Norman decides to bring in the Taskmaster, which who I think is yeah, great. It kind of downgrades your cabal. Totally, totally. I like the Taskmaster. He's, he's cool. I've always liked yeah. him, but he's not like he's not Doctor Doom. He's not. Golden yeah, Osborne. he's not. He's not. He's not. A, he's not Omega level threat. Let's just say that. Um, but that said, the the art was great. I loved the art. Uh, right. Okay. Now you guys know that that Michael Lark is one of my favorite artists. He's yep. easily in my top five, you know, five if not more. Yeah. I don't think th- I don't think they used him all that well. Yeah. Like flipping through it and looking through it, there's a, just a shit ton of headshots and medium shots in the whole thing. Yeah. It's not very. If you think about what, like what his pages look like with with Captain America jumping around or with Daredevil or something like that, it, I was it's it was kind of boring. I, th- I thought the, the action seems great. There's, there's yeah, I, I, I enjoyed really it. it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was I, better. I than, just, it was better than the cover or the Finch cover. No, absolutely. I love yeah. him. He's one of my favorite artists. I don't think it. I just think it felt. I don't know. I, it, it didn't blow me away. But but at the same time, it's hard for me to judge this issue on, on the merits of its story because I really like him as an artist. So I'm I'm almost biased ahead of time. But. I don't know. It was just sort of. It was okay. okay. It's more Norman Osborn struggling with what he is and who he wants to be. Yeah. I've. I'm. I'm so sick of it. I'm really like literally thinking of just not reading the siege. Right. Well, we get. We get. Well, to help you with that decision, we get the little siege issue one preview where it looks like they're going. They're hearkening back to civil war with a event that triggers everything. Um, which I thought was a little, well, little. Uh, I love seeing Hendel. Well, Loki, but, Loki tells him what to do in this yeah. issue that he needs a he needs an accelerating event like Civil War right. had to really get the public on his side and the president on his side to to invade Asgard, which is what right. the siege is. I guess so they're going to be the siege of Asgard, which right. actually conceptually, as as with all of these stories, conceptually exactly. is cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I can't. So I'll, I can't. I'll, I'll probably read the main mini. Yeah, and whatever books I normally buy anyway, and then go for yeah, there. new Avengers. I mean, it's an event. The thing is, it's an Avengers event. I mean, that's what I laugh is like they're going for these. What isn't? Well, yeah, well, no, but they're going for these like no longer you know total Marvel universe encompassing events and more you know focused events. But you look at the checklist on the back page, and there are a lot of books there. And it's and it's through <laughs> it's through May. I'm yeah, sure. oh. yeah. So. I don't know. Um, no end in sight. No end in sight. But uh, but and, four more years. <laughs> um, part of that also leading up though to it was the um, was the dark uh, dark Avengers annual. Yeah. Right with uh, Chris well, Bocciolo on art with a with a Marvel Boy story. I had a couple of points about this one. Yep. Um, I wasn't going to buy this. I didn't pull it originally, but then uh, I heard there was a big thing at the end of the last page, which we'll get to in a, in a moment. But yep. so I ended up getting it because of what I heard. And it's funny how two two years ago I hated Bachelo's art. Yep. Now I'm a huge fan. Oh, it was great. I, I thought oh, it was I great. I totally turned around on him. I, 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 I got lost a few times. Too. I love this like, look at this book. Yeah. Um, the other thing was when I found out it was about Mar- uh, Marvel Boy. Yep. 
I, I don't know Marvel Boy. I never really read a comic with him except for when he's a, like a background character. Yep. And f- at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. But I really, I really was engaged by the story and really was into it. I thought yeah. this was a really good issue. I, again, I think Marvel Boy is another example of, uh, of opportunity squandered and, and they haven't really done with him, done anything with him being on the Dark Avengers and it was nice to see a little focus on him and, and he gets a costume change in this and seems to be, re, re, you know. It's <laughs> a pretty bad costume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so then, but so then the so I guess the plan. Oh, I don't know. Six, eight months ago was by the time of this issue coming out, Captain America Reborn would be over, and who would wield the shield would be over, and then we would get to the last page of this book. I can only assume. You know what? I missed it because I knew something was coming, but I was sort of flipping through it fast when I read it. I don't think I saw what it was. Uh, Oh, you didn't see what it was? I don't think I did. It was uh, Steve and Bucky Cap spying on Marvel Boy. And Bucky Cap is in the Captain America outfit, and Steve is in a black kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, nondescript. Almost like a shield outfit. Yeah. You know what? I think I thought that was Clint because I just went by so fast. Well, the word balloon where he said Steve. No, I I know. I'm (laughs) – but that was, the, that was the end, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but so basically it revealed Steve Rogers being back and not Captain America. So, it's, so. it's funny how, you know, everyone gets all partisan about DC and Marvel, but at the core, they're really the same. No, they're the exact same thing. Exact same thing. And, and in, in this case, they're the same because they both have these, ma- these big characters coming back to their worlds, and they're both of those miniseries are super delayed, and both of them are holding up the other books. So both companies said, fuck it, we're just moving yeah. on. Yeah. So we've already got Barry back. In some other books, so everyone's complaining. They already know that Barry's not going to die, and remember, oh, but, like he was going to. But and, this, but and then it's the same thing here. We we all knew Steve was coming back. The book's called Captain America Reborn, and but, and so here he is. But what's even worse? What's even more funny? What's even, I can't speak. What's even funnier is that on Blackest Night Flash number one came out this week, and so we all know Barry's going to come back. We know that's going to you know. But Blackest Night Flash was able to spoil the end of Flash Rebirth in a way that I didn't even know they could by revealing the end of it that Barry's going to kill Zoom again. Did they? Yes. See, I was confused a little bit, so I couldn't say that it was because there's so much weird time travel. Because it's time travel. They're talking about how he's the body. The body that's resurrected is an old is the old Zoom from right. before the one he resurrected that he had originally. Already killed. Right. Yeah. So the, he'd already done it. He'd already killed yeah. him once. This was the one time he killed him. The body from when he killed him. Time travel will fuck you up. It does yeah, fuck me up. It does fuck I don't, me up. If there was a spoiler in that, I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm not. I think you, I think he spoiled. I think I, my guess is that the end of Flash Rebirth is that he killed he uh, the, the first the first uh, four pages recap Flash Rebirth. I thought. I, I think it's entirely no. Well, no. Yeah. The time when, he, when he strangled him, that was from the old Flash. Yeah. No. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's entirely possible that is that is what's going to happen. But I'm not convinced because it's time travel and it could be, and he, he, I, yeah. I thought. The flash that came back, the reverse flash that came back in this issue, this issue was the body from the first time he killed him. Right. Oh, it gets very confusing. So I guess we're going to move on it's to heavy. Blackest Night Flash number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't believe with, it. With <laughs> Whoa. It's not you, Marty. It's your kids. It wasn't the kids, though. It was Marty. It was Marty. I, was love, I love Len Snart. He's kind of awesome. Jeff John's writing. <laughs> Jeff John's writing. Jeff John's writing. The the Rogues is awesome. Him writing Captain Cold is the best. And I don't want a Captain Cold series. I don't want him to be like Venom. I just want him in the in the six pages he gets in in an issue of the Flash. I think that's a very good thing to ask for. Yeah. So, um, so good. It's, yeah, I mean, this was a this was a, a fun issue. It was fine. Uh, I was I got through about the middle of it, and I thought to myself, Tom Cater has got to be loving this. Oh yeah, we got, got Grodd, to, you got the yeah. Rogues, yeah, Rilla oh. City, Sam, uh, Samovar, what is his name? Solovar, Solovar, yeah, Samovar is a place. Sam Scudder, Sam uh-huh. Scudder, yeah, um, all the Dead Rogues. Oh great. 
Well, in conjunction with this was Blackest Night Wonder Woman, and I thought well, they were both I, were solid. I, I have thought th- were... I have thoughts about Blackest Night Wonder Woman. Okay, well, I just in general I thought together they were both a solid first issue. Yeah, they, they were. Well, well, and and knowing that Blackest Night Flash was is Johns and Collins, and now here's my point about Blackest Night Wonder Woman was Rucka and Nicola Scott. Now, ever since Nicola Scott came on the scene, what was the one thing you've heard people say about Nicola Scott? Draw Wonder Woman. Draw Wonder Woman, right? And yep. and we talked to her about it. You know, people have talked to her about it, and, and this whole thing with Gail and all this sort of stuff. And so we finally get her drawing Wonder Woman. And how does DC fuck it up? I don't know. By putting know. five inkers on her. Uh, I swear to God, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Every page to me looked different, looked slightly different. They did her such her art such a disservice. It looked okay, but it could be comparing this. I compared it to the Secret Six trade paperback I have. She is yeah. so much better than this issue. And that, uh, that and now, it, I see it now, but yeah. I was in the story before. Right. That that makes me think that they they decided to do this book like a month ago. <laughs> Just like they're like, listen, nothing's gonna ship over New Year's. <laughs> um, well, I, I remember that, you know if you're on Twitter and you follow Greg Rucka, he tweet, he tweeted out about sending a Black and White Wonder Woman script to to Jeff because yeah. I guess Jeff's overseeing all the scripts and. Yeah. That was only a couple of weeks ago, exactly. and they should be. They should be that. There shouldn't be still issues being written if there's only a three issue mini. Right. And, and so the thing is, it's it, it, it's a nitpick and it's subtle, and it, and it, maybe it takes somebody like like us who looks at so much comic stuff like that. But as soon as I turned, the, as soon as I opened the book up and I saw a, a string of names next to inks, I went, "Oh, that's not good." And mm-hmm. I'm flipping through it, and it, it, it they to, to their credit. And I think mainly to the colorist credit, it the book has a it doesn't it has a common look to it. It a looks, unified look to it. It does have a unified look. But as you look deeper at each panel, Wonder Woman looks different from page to page. And I, I think thought it looked best at the end. I think yeah. I guess it's his work. But yeah. uh, I didn't notice it. I mean, yeah. now that you're I'm, saying it, I can see it. Well, but open it to the open to the last page where across from the Doctor Who ad, which by the way I'm sick of. I don't care if you're a Doctor Who fan. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm tired I, of that. I'll guy. tell you what's wrong with that is it yeah. doesn't tell you. It, uh, what part those shows are on? Yeah. Anyway, is it the beginning or is it? <laughs> anyway. And I don't know. I want to know. Anyway. 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 So and look at look at graphic design on the logo. Look anyway, at, look at Wonder Woman across from the Doctor. All right. Huh? All right. Now turn back to Wonder Woman on the first page. Mm, she has a different nose. Yeah. I mean, a little thing. And like I said, I'm nitpicking little but things at the like end, that. She's but... got her big Greek nose, and she looks like a Greek. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, I think that's a stronger work towards the end. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A better inking. That's that's. Yeah. But, okay. I'm assuming it's in order, so that's Drew Garassi. He's, he should yeah. stay on inking her. The yeah. reason uh, that I was uh, that I didn't notice it though was because in this very short little story, Greg Rucker completely made, like oh. took in my attention because yeah. I about halfway through this thought, oh, he's not going to do that, is he? Yeah. And then he, he did, did because they resurrected a shit ton of dead soldiers from Arlington National Cemetery, and I thought, genius. That's that's. Yeah. that's it's really hard to do that and not come off as incredibly disrespectful yeah. because I thought – but at the same time, I know – I don't know Greg Rucka. I know him enough that he's not going to be disrespectful. Right. And he wasn't. You know, but my, my first thought was, oh, I don't know if even he'll be able to get away with that. And he did. Right. Um, in a very cool way. I really liked – my favorite moment of this was uh, she told the two guards – you know, run away now, and they said we can't. It's our post. Yeah. And that no, was, I think this uh, is a great. This was, was a great story. I, yeah. I, I don't read Wonder Woman, and I love this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I thought Same it was thing. great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so, uh, it was. A, it was a five star issue. It, it, well, no, it was a four star issue because they fucked up the art. That's five. five. Yeah, no. I mean, I. I and the thing is, I feel bad. I feel bad because I really like Nicola Scott, and I really want to see her do well, and I don't want to see them do a disservice like this to her. So, 
Anyway, um, so yeah, but uh, but I did enjoy it. And I was surprised. Um, all right, I want to take a quick break and thank um, Audible, our sponsor for this episode. Um, you've heard us talk about Audible.com in the past. Um, it is the place for audiobooks. Um, they've also got podcasts, speeches, basically anything audio, Audible's, Audible's got it there. Um, you can download it to your iPod or any other uh, music playback device to listen to it. There's a great sync feature with your iTunes where you download it from the Audible website and it goes right into your iTunes. I did that recently um, with some books. Um, they've got over 60,000 titles uh, across all genres. They've been building up their science fiction genre and their fantasy section. So for those of you who are also into the, that sort of stuff, is you know you like comics, you probably like science fiction, it's fantasy. Just go go listen to an audiobook. I, I disagree. No. Right. So um, so you want to head over to audiblepodcast.com slash ifanboy, and there you can sign up, and they'll get you a free audiobook and a 14-day trial. you got no excuse not to sign up for it. You get a free book. Come on. Um, it's very important that you go to audiblepodcast.com slash ifanboy. That exact URL will have the link in our show notes. And uh, this week, Josh has got the Audible pick. And what would you pick first, Josh? I picked The Road. The unabridged version by Cormac McCarthy. It's uh, you. You probably will have noticed a lot of marketing for a yeah. particular film starring Eric uh, Vigo, and uh, <laughs> apparently the 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 movie is getting very very good reviews. I saw the movie and I read the book. And uh-huh. and and prior to that, like I've heard a lot of really good things about the book. So if you want to know if the book is good before you see the movie, or you saw the movie, thought, hey, I'm curious about this book. It's a good way to go. Six yeah. hours and thirty nine minutes for that one. Yeah, that's, that's, all- a good, that's a good pick for the holidays. Uh, you want to have an uplifting experience. It's you want to feel better about the end of the year. You don't want to be depressed. It's winter. Definitely read The Road. <laughs> so, an awesome book that will make you depressed. So go to Audible Podcast forward slash iFanboy. Well, well. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash iFanboy. We thank them for their support. So, um, kind of like Scalped. Yeah. yeah. So, well, speaking right. of Scalped. That's something you want to give your grandmother when she's in a bad mood. Scout number 33, part four of five of The Gnawing Story. You remember part one was Pick of the Week a little ways back. Uh, some I don't shit remember goes, that kerfuffle at all. Yeah, some sh- some sh- another book came out that week. Some that, other book. That 92.3% of the people liked it the best. <laughs> Whatever, dude. That was an awesome fucking issue. It was. Um, uh, this was a really good issue, uh, but I thought you know it didn't so much stand on its own. But at the same time, a lot of really – uh, important things happen. And a I'm lot s- of shocking things happen. This is yeah. the kind of, you know, like books like Scalped or Why the Last Man or, or Ex Machina or Walking Dead, things, books, you know, that weren't, aren't going to go on forever, controlled by one person. They often get to a point where I'm at, like, at this book with this issue where I thought, wow, I don't know how they're going to come back from this. Well, that, that's the thing. I'm like, this should, there's, an, there's an end in sight, at least for the story, for the epoch as we currently know it. There has to be because you can't. I mean, we, know, we know from interviewing J- J- Jason Aaron that you know issue thirty three is by no means close to the end. I think no. he wants to go fifty or sixty issues, but like it, by the time I finish this issue, when some main characters get make some bad choices or do some bad things and some people die, I thought, wow, I don't know Something's gonna how change. this goes for another twenty issues or thirty issues or, or uh, what. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, great issue. I, I gave it five stars. It was another. I mean, this is a great little. Um, you know, arc. This, one this arc, arc is this arc is the best in a long time, which is saying something. Yes. Yeah. And when, when the person that gets shot at the end gets shot, I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> and then I saw, the, and then the person who revealed that was revealed. Uh oh. Yeah. So, good. yeah, good stuff. The powered special, Ron. When I read this, I thought, why am I not just reading the beginning of the next trade? Well, well, my thought was is that I don't know. I, I don't know what. I'm assuming it's marketing to get people, more people to check out the the the, the book and not be committed to buying a full, right? You know, trade. Because this empowered is a series that comes out in trade form, but I love I love empowered. But I thought this is this is great. Why isn't it just the first chapter? Of the well, next I got part? really mad because because I'm like, oh, so this is what empowered would be like in issue format. I want this, 
Uh, like, yeah, like, like it was. Well, no. If I get impa- like to do empowered in a smaller format, in an issue format with a with a contained story like this, I had so much fun. It reminded me how much fun empowered is. And like, yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't write that way because no, you know doesn't. from the books. Yeah. So he writes a five page chapter. He writes a yeah. twenty five page chapter. Right. A two page chapter. So it's yeah. all different. So you couldn't really do it, you know, monthly. But yeah. 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 I just figured shouldn't he be working on the next one? Yeah. Can I read this? Yeah, on its own. So say that you've heard about this empowered. You don't want to go out and spend however much it is on the little trades. Exactly. This issue's what four or five bucks. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine, and you can read it. It's a good introduction for yeah. people who want it. Great recap on the inside cover where it goes over all the characters and a self a fully self contained story that gives each character their little moment. And um, there's stuff, and the thing is, it's hard for me to separate after reading five volumes of it of all the characters, sure. you know. But I really believe you can hand this to you, and you would understand it and, and get w- the gist. And this is a tease for the next. I can only assume volume six is coming out soon. So um, I, I, another thing I didn't think it did well was it didn't really explain her powers. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was ever really touched upon. Yeah. Um, that her super suit powers are indestructible. Yeah. This was this was a this was a head scratcher. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was a head scratcher, but mm. um, but it was still good. It was still enjoyable. Well, Dark Horse has been putting out all these one shots, so I figure yeah. they're trying to market them. But at the same yeah. time, I just was thinking, why doesn't he just do the next book? Yeah, all right. Um, next on the list, though, is Echo Seventeen, and I'm putting a spoiler embargo on you. Oh fuck! Because this might East Coast. East Coast didn't get it. Oh, Ever. last oh. four months we can't get it. The week it comes out. Oh man, yeah. this when one, it comes okay. out, it comes out. It comes out only West Coast for one week, and the next week the East Coast gets. Okay, it. I won't. I won't. Okay, I won't spoil about it. But it was awesome. And when you when you read it, you need to sit down and you need to not have any distractions. You can't flip through it like you did with with Dark Dark Avengers Annual because it is so dense. Like all the questions you've had about what the suit is and all stuff like that, it's all getting answered in this issue. And not only is it getting answered in this issue, it's getting answered in this issue that will blow your mind so much I had to stop reading comics and go for a walk. Dude, dude, Terry, Terry's killing it. He's he had no right it. to do a book this good, and I, I. Didn't in my wildest dreams expect this book to be this good. Yeah, no, and this takes it to another level, to a level that, and then there's a there's one page in the backup in the back of it that adds to the level that it gone to that blew my fucking mind. Like I have so much respect for Terry Moore right now. I don't know where this came from. Like this is are, it, it's amazing. And he's putting we, them out. Yeah, yeah. But it, this is a shorter series, right? It's not going super long. No, I don't. Like I don't know. I don't care. This is like 20, 20 something, thirty issues. I yeah. Think. Yeah. This was this is amazing. It's amazing, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, oh my, oh my god! Like I turn each page, and I was like, and like there are there are literally pages of text. Like he he drew it. It's not like it's not like there's prose, but it is very dense and very wordy. But it it it, it all works together, and it explains everything, and in a way that makes sense. And you're like, oh my god! It's it's amazing. So very. If you're into quantum physics, you're gonna love this. So. Oh, so many, yeah. so many of the uh, fan exactly. base love quantum physics. Sweet so, Tooth number four. So when we were talking about Sweet Tooth, we were saying how um, we we DC talked to us and you know, we talked to folks at DC inside, and they said, "Oh, you know, it's it, it, first issue is good, second issue is good, but where do you get to?" And we thought it was the third issue. I think they were talking about the fourth issue. I think it's possible because this possibly is the best issue of the series so far. I think this showed this showed not only an improvement in storytelling in the format and stuff like that, but I, I think this is Lemire's best art of the run, of this story so far. I think. Well, he he had mentioned at some point that uh, at first he was drawing it the exact same way as if it were not going to be colored. Yep. And then after a little bit, he figured out how to do it a little better for the color, and I think that you're seeing that here. Yeah, and I think he exa- I totally agree with that. I think he figured out the format, he figured out the coloring. There's some great layouts, some great like the gun, the shot with when the uh, the butt mm-hmm. of the gun that those panels like that the, was it was great. The page with the raindrops. Yeah, yeah, which is very similar to that Jonah Jonah Hex page I like. So you yeah. can 
and very yeah. and then you'll like you'll like uh, echo because there's a lot of rain in echo yeah um but this was shut up about echo already you, sorry. you got it there's rain good, good, for, you. good for you good for you i've done that in forever oh i love that <laughs> i loved angry christian oh uh, anyway that was, that was the hit of the summer so um yeah so sweet tooth number four was fantastic so. I meant to actually drop this book for trade, and I, on autopilot, I got it. So I Did you it. like it though? Was it was the yeah. degree or? <laughs> okay. I, love, I love it. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. Ultimate Spider-Man number five. Great cover. It's in the game. Yeah. There is a hostel being run at Aunt May's house, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember I was reading it's it. Like real so, world Marvel. Yeah, exactly. I was reading it. Basically, so Bobby Drake of the X Men is homeless and needs help. He goes to Kitty. Kitty's mom freaks out and kicks them both out, and so Aunt May takes them in. And I was just like, I knew I saw the I saw it coming ten miles away, and I was just like, no, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. And he so did. living in one house is Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, who he's secretly dating, Kitty Pride, his ex girlfriend. Iceman and and the Human Torch and Ant Man and you, re- you realize that the other, my my other thoughts about this is that um, this lays the groundwork for Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. I so I yeah. thought that too. What I like a lot about this is that um, this is Bendis doing what Bendis does really well, uh, which I don't think he's doing in the other stuff so much. <laughs> no, it, no, like seriously, we were talking about you know Siege and Cabal and all this stuff, and that's him like trying to juggle all these balls. But as we've seen. He seems to be focusing too much on one thing and then dropping the ball on the others. So the Cabal, the the, yep. the uh, Marvel boy, you know. But when he and he's in this, it's just this singular story that he can tell with these people, and it's it's great. Yeah, this I feel what, like he's been rejuvenated with David Lafuente. Well, I was Absolutely. gonna say, I was gonna say, it's great to talk about Bendis, Bendis, but if the story for me for this book has been David Lafuente, and if you look at it, like I love the way he drew the Hulk. I thought the Hulk looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the fight scene between him and Mysterio, there's this. Oh, one. and he's all blurry and the speed oh, lines. Yeah, it was. Gr- it. It's great. And like I've heard, and I meant to ask David when I saw him in London, and I forgot. But um, I've heard that he doesn't draw pages. He draws panels, then scans them in and puts together the page and delivers mm-hmm. that. And I really, this is the first issue where I kind of saw that because it looked like because some of the two page, um, the the two page spreads didn't look like the the, the way someone was approaching. Like, doesn't he's not approaching it the way standard artists do, which I think is awesome. Um, and then on the story side of the thing, I think it's hysterical that I that I get Kitty Pride in in, in a Spider Man book. I think it's hysterical. But um, <laughs> but no, La, if you ask me, La Fuente is the star. Ben, you're right. Bennis is doing great. He does what he does with this. But the story of La Fuente and this title is uh, is one more telling. He's so. definitely I, the big the big draw. But I think I think Bennis is snappier in this book than he's been in a while. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, just in 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 a note of fairness, I could I could stand a little bit of a haircut. Well, yes, that's been yeah. every artist in this book. Well, I read. Where did I read? I read. I read somebody's blog post. Somebody was saying that that. Um, where would I read that? That uh, Ultimate Spider-Man is a girl. Yeah. Uh, he who, looks. Yeah. He looks kind of like a character in an early Brian Wood book. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, other than that, I mean, that's that's. I don't even care. Yeah. Sort. Um, all right. So before we get to the um, user reviews, I'm going to go off script briefly for a moment. Um, what? And f- I forgot that What If Secret Invasion came out this week, and I haven't read it yet, but I have a love and allegiance for What If, but Marvel keeps doing this. They keep doing What Ifs for storylines that just happened, and that's not what makes What If work. I want to see What <laughs> If, What If from like, you know, What If. <laughs> what, what if the Siege of the Cabal hadn't featured Taskmaster? Right, exactly. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to see What If, you know, Onslaught wasn't Professor Xavier, or, you know, What If. You got to go back at least, there should be a five to ten year rule. That's all I'm saying. What I just if, had the vent. What if Tony Stark had a smoking problem? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not not what if the X-Men didn't go on an island. You know, like, don't, like this just secret invasion just happened. 
Come on. <laughs> I need some distance. I need to forget about it. Anyway, so, all right, on to the user reviews. <laughs> Jose, Jose Rivera, 83, checked in with World of New Krypton, number 10 of 12. He Superman, liked, World of New Krypton. Superman, World of Krypton. I keep thinking it's Wonk. World of New Krypton. A wonderful, wonderful acronym. Yeah. He gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. No people's pick this for pick of the week, and he says... New Krypton surprises me every month with how jam-packed it is. This month was no exception. We have a mystery that has me stumped. Adam Strange is a great guest star who adds a lot of interesting and fun dialogue with Clark. Both are men of two planets, and I can see why Rocka and Robinson put them together. Lovely. I don't know. I, I, don't didn't, know even get I, that. I didn't even get that connection to it, but that's correct. Yeah, no, I don't know if I go five or five. but I give, I give four fives for each. Yeah, I, uh, I really like Adam Strange these days. I don't know when that started happening. Probably 52. Wednesday uh, Comics. Yeah, a lot of people weren't down with this because it sort of took a turn, but it was it's, it was like a murder mystery, and I was like, yeah. that's awesome. I like that they explore different sides to Clark in this book. You know, you don't get to see him often doing this kind of story. When he's in a Superman book, he's too busy punching giant robots. But And he got to he got to stand down and act like himself a little more when he was with Adam Strange as opposed to how he's had to act in the Krypton military. Yeah, somebody who knows him knows him well, and, and, he, and he, he has to admit that he doesn't know how to do this kind of thing. He doesn't, he's not Bruce, he's not a Ralph, he doesn't really know how to investigate a murder, hmm. uh, so he needs the help. And it was, I like that they're exploring in this book different aspects of the society. This is basically their first murder since they've been in a new planet. So they don't, you know, so this is, it's, it's such a writer's pitch. Mm-hmm. The first murder in the history of New Krypton. He just switched New Krypton from Antarctica. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, well, it was weird when he lost the fingers. I didn't think he could do that. <laughs> All right. Our next review comes from the next champion who reviewed uh, Thor number 604, gave the story a 4 out of 5, and the art a 4 out of 5. And at the time of this recording, 1.5% of the iFanboy community made it their pick of the week. And he says, This was an amazing comic featuring Dr. Doom. If there's one thing that Gillen knows who to write, apparently it's Doom. He's pretty much the main focus of the book, and anything that comes out of his mouth is pure gold. Eloquent with his words, but you can still find him absolutely terrifying. Dr. Doom fits quite well with the Asgardians, and I don't think I remember a time when he fought them. Of course, JMS started this fight, but Gillen is doing a nice job adding the tension, and the fight that starts in this will be interesting to see for the next issue. Uh, and I don't read Thor, so I have nothing to Well, in, in this, from what I can gather, is Asgard was landed on Earth, and then all the Asgardians moved to Latveria. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like when, it's like when everybody goes to Florida. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> it's like a really... Really skilled but but untrustworthy travel agent <laughs> outside of Asgard. Listen, I've got the great place for you guys to go on vacation. I know you're Vandral, <laughs> let me ask you a question. What doth that be? Uh, what would be your perfect vacation? <laughs> I do not know. I like you castles. Like I like castles. Well, I do. It, may be per- it may be perfect for them. Yeah. It may be wonderful. It may be their version of Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. So, all right. Um, if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the comics that come out every week. You can do your pull list, and then on Wednesday, come back and rate and review them. And we like to feature your reviews on the show. So keep writing those reviews, um, and we'll get you on the show at some point. So uh, rock on. If you go to the comic store every week and you look at your goddamn big stack of comics and you say, Jesus, there's just too many comics. They're so expensive. How will I, what will I do? I can't afford this. Well, we got a solution for you. You go to DCBS. They got monthly specials up to 75% off. They got 40% off all the major publishers and flat rate shipping of $5.95 on all U.S. orders. And you know that's, that's important if you're shipping paper and or books. They are heavy. You can buy anything in previews. You can get over 9,000 or 5,400 or whatever the goddamn big number is. Trade paperbacks in stock. <laughs> you track your orders online. DCBService.com. That's where you can find everything. And that's how you can get your cheapo comics. 
I'm going to let everybody in on a little tiny secret. Uh, the clock just passed midnight. <laughs> I mean, literally, <laughs> don't usually say when it's happening, but that is just what happened. Yeah. B- before- <laughs> when the hell did you get so good at this? <laughs> Before we get to the emails, um, I'm sitting here uh, as my now my podcast. Please uh, tell me you're wearing pants. My podcast uh, tradition. I've got uh, all the Green Lantern rings on my fingers again, and um, it bothers me that some of them have like a matte finish and some of them are shiny. Like they didn't stay consistent throughout the entire ring thing. Like the Red Lantern ring is really like a shiny finish, where the 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 Yellow Lantern and the Orange Lantern are matte finished. Well, I know we're about to do emails, but actually, there's, we got an email today. I don't know if you saw it, Ron, about your your rings. Oh no, I, I didn't. We could, we could answer that really quickly now. I don't know the guy because I don't have it in front of me. He emailed, incredulous that you would wear your rings around all the time. So you can you can totally ask the people I hang out with. I have not taken these rings off. <laughs> I, I think fact, I hear you clicking when you come up. In, in fact, last night I was um, I was at a party. I was at a birthday party, and for I don't reasons I don't know, in my pocket of my hoodie was my flash ring, and I pulled it out and I turned to my friend. I'm like, flash ring, and he's like, where'd that come from? I'm like, I don't know. And then I put it on. I wore it for the rest of the night. <laughs> but you don't go around like Liberace wearing all your, your rings all, all the time. <laughs> Forcing wow. young boys to get plastic surgery to look carrying, like you. C- carrying a candelabra, wearing a cape. <laughs> you don't do that. No, you don't, I don't. walk around. I don't do that. Up. No, I don't do that. It's, it's mainly just the, it, it. It's mainly just around my house and mainly when I'm podcasting. So yeah. So anyway. unknown man whose email is not in front of me. That is yeah. your answer. Okay, there you it's go. Not on all the time. So on, on to our other emails. Uh, oh, incredulous. He was just surprised yes. that Ron would wear it in socials. Yeah. I do got to say that a lot of you spoke up and offering to send me an indigo ring, and I want to thank everybody. And I do believe one is on its way to me. And so um, uh, when I have it, I will thank the person who sent it. But um, and take will, a photo of you playing yes. piano with all the rings. I will. Yes. yes. Will it be glossy or not? I don't know. I think it's going to be have a matte, you, matte finish, I think. Have you considered just taking a clear coat to all of them? Possibly. Mm. On to the, the email. Coat. On to the email. Our first email comes from Miro, who asks, are there any comics about regular people with regular lives, like comics where the characters have regular nine-to-five jobs and deal with regular family, school, work, relationship problems like most of us? Thanks in advance. Uh, yes. Josh. Yeah. Josh, you want to take this one, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, one of my favorite books of all time. Strangers uh, in Paradise. Straight, yeah, Strangers of Paradise. I wasn't going to say that, but that's all. <laughs> Actually, Connor, we've we've talked about this. And I think this might be where your BDC bias is showing a little bit. <laughs> um, I think Miro needs to ex- expand to the indie world, where yes. you will find yeah. many, 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 many books. Oh, one of my favorite books of all time, Box Office Box Poison. Box Office Poison. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's yeah. what I was. That's yeah. I got well, to any it. of them. <laughs> any indie book, you'll find the people with day jobs and lives and loves. And Check out. Yeah, let me give you a couple of names just so you have a place to start. Check out Box Office Poison by Alex Robinson. Probably the best modern example of this, I would say. Uh, wait, the Waiting Place uh, by um, Sean McKeever and Mike Norton and other uh, artists. Who, yeah, but but you know, like Norton really sort of came to prominence yeah. on on this. It's very like teens in a small town, uh, but really well done. Um, and then another guy named Andy Watson, um, who, who's a yes. British guy who does who does books about you know he did a book about being unemployed. He did a book about, uh, you know, like breaking up with your girlfriend. And, and there's a lot of bad navel-gazing stuff that goes on out there. But the, all the stuff that I just named are, are pretty quality. Uh, if you really want a sad one that's really good, you can check out uh, Adrian Tamine's Optic Nerve also. Or Blankets. Blankets. Yep. Yep. Um, Tons, dude. Death yeah. of the New Gods. 
uh, again. Well, and, <laughs> like, and, and, and if you want a little little whims- little more whimsical, a little more whimsy in your life, go to Scott Pilgrim. I mean, it's wacky and it does you know weird they stuff. They work at a restaurant. No. They've got yeah. jobs. They got to make rent. Yeah. yeah, they live video games though. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going go to say, go to the comic store and look at the books with the capes, and then turn left. Yeah. There's all the black and white ones. And it's like I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> that's the porn section. <laughs> now I'm in the magic section. Yeah. I'm slub lost. Yeah. So. Porno section's kind of real life. Anyway, <laughs> so if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, we like to read your emails, so please send them in. Say, for example, you have, and who doesn't, a crap load of comic book boxes all over the place, and you're thinking, this isn't working. Well, you should check out drawer boxes. They are the strongest storage container made for comics. They can be stacked up to six high to maximize the square footage. And because they work like a drawer, every single comic in your collection remains accessible by simply pulling said drawer open. Long and short drawer boxes can be combined and linked together with box locks, box anchors, and any configuration <laughs> to fit any space and remain insecure with absolutely no tipping or slippage, which is always nice. And now the contents can be organized and sorted to meet the needs of any collector with every issue immediately accessible. That sounds, that sounds uh, it's quite enticing. Uh, you can get drawer boxes and box sort upright dividers and box locks, box anchors. <laughs> they are the exclusive trademarks of the Collection Drawer Company, and you can get them at CollectionDrawer.com. And we want to thank CollectionDrawer.com for sponsoring the show. As and, I said last uh, week, I bought some. Yeah. And how'd that, I uh, haven't done anything with them. I'm, I'm contemplating the best way to do something with them. We'll just yeah. put it that way. I got, I got an idea. Why don't you put comics in them? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he. I don't think Connor made the capital investment necessary to cut, transfer his entire collection. Yeah. No. This is yeah. some specialized box. Well, right now I've got some potted plants. And, um, <laughs> uh, one's a conversation piece. I in turned the them into a decorative light box. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm going to do something for iFanboy. I don't know what. You yet. should make a large diorama. I used to love that. Remember diorama? That was the best design. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and suggest that's not the best use of those products. <laughs> like the signing of the Constitution. Man, I'll tell you something. My comic boxes are under the bed, and I got to pull them all the way out and slide them out, and I hate that. Dude. No, I, I, I did, um, I did uh, play with one of them I put together, and they are awesome. <laughs> you just sat in your living room and played with the box? <laughs> I made a fork. Hey, a lot of and, kids uh, say you know the box is the best part of the toy. I used to play in the refrigerator box. I made sure. A, yeah. I made a tank out of it. Well, you see, that's I funny. You said I, did a sli- I played in the refrigerator, and that's why I'm fat. voicemail our first voicemail has got an observation I can't believe I never thought of hey guys this is Kevin from Atlanta Georgia Uh, love the show and I just read JSA All Stars number one and when I saw Magog and the training ground scene I realized he is cable essentially one metal arm one like regular arm scarred eye ties to an apocalyptic future battle soldier guy yep he's cable well, no shit, he's Cable. <laughs> he's Cable. Uh, back in the, when Magog first appeared in Kingdom Come, which was the, uh, the miniseries from Mark Wade and Alex Ross, he was a commentary on the 90s, the 90s characters, and so he was, uh, he was visually representative of Cable. And so really, by, by bringing him in in a non-ironic way is sort of dumb. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I realized something reading that this week is that, like, when he started off, I liked him yeah, you loved as a him. character. You loved Not Magog, but the character who he was Soldier. based Whatever yeah. his name, David. 
I guess. He was uh, Roosevelt's. Yeah. Like, yeah it was yeah. neat. It was, he had the halo arm yeah. and, or the sword or whatever, and it was cool. And, and now, like, his personality has changed completely. Yeah. He's not that well, character. That's happened a lot and he's in, since the takeover for Jeff Johns. A lot of personality shifts. But that no, was. It started before he left, I think. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. I had problems with that issue. It was fun, but I had problems. Yeah. <laughs> for another show, perhaps. All right. Our, our next voicemail is about the big Boy Scout. Hey, iFanboys. This is Ryan from Santa Cruz, one of the hosts of the podcast Science Sort of and helped on the forum. I have a question mainly for Connor. What are your thoughts on Superman Rebirth and why it failed to have the same impact on the mythos that Secret Origin seems to be having? It can't just be that Mark Wade made Clark a vegetarian, can it? I really liked Rebirth, especially for Lionel Francis Hughes' art, and I hate to think that it may be completely marginalized by uh, what is also a compelling story. Thanks. I gotta say, I pretty much, I'm not sure what he said, but I think he scripted it, and I liked that. <laughs> Connor, this one's for you. Superman Rebirth was okay. Uh, I think it's. I think it suffers because it was. Right now, Superman's going through the Renaissance, or the the Renaissance people through for the last year with Jeff Johns. So the Secret Origin has more impact because people are actually reading the books, as opposed to when Rebirth came out, nobody was reading Superman books. Hey yo. Um, no, it's true. That's when it came out. Um, when we were in college, or right after college, I don't remember the late '90s, and people weren't really reading Superman books, so it didn't get you know it didn't stick as a retcon. So that's probably most most prop. Most why it doesn't, you know, people think of Man of Steel because everybody's reading Man of Steel. People think of Secret Origins because people are reading that, but nobody really read Rebirth or really talked about Rebirth. And it wasn't, it was okay. I don't think it's as good as the other two, though. That was sort of where the failed Superman relaunch, one of many, I guess. Yeah, the Joe Casey, Jeff Loeb. uh, Yeah. Yeah, Joe Kelly one. Jeff Loeb, the number two writer of the decade, according to Wizard. (laughs) Really? Just just saying, yeah. It was Bendis and Loeb. Yeah, really, really. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Anyway, yes, I swear to God. Swear to no, I'm, I'm saying no. Right, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, all right, so if you, have a, if you have a question, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. Please call in, tell us your name, where you're from, keep it about 30 seconds, and if you have any clue as to why people like Jeff Loeb. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't endorse that. I, yeah. made, I made... I enjoy the Hulk. I made ambiguous noises. <laughs> I went, ah, you said something. There's a big difference there. Oh, and now I get to make the pitch on how to help iFanboy. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's good. Hey, kids, it's the holidays. It's your Uncle Josh here. Now, you probably... Your drunk Uncle Josh. <laughs> Come here. three beers, he gets a little handsy. Come here. Save the best seat for you. Oh. <laughs> and now we're doing the pitch. Now we're doing After the, the pedophile pitch. joke. I think that I could... Who said it was a pedophile? Maybe you like Uncle Josh. Do you like I gladiator could... movies? <laughs> you want to watch WWE with me? <laughs> Uh, Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Oh, <laughs> so we're doing jokes from the seventies now. <laughs> if you got better jokes, you let us know. <laughs> I, I might. All right. So it's the holidays, John. Yeah. yeah. You're you're uh, you're thinking. I'm here. I was going to make a plaintive. Okay. Yeah. Let's get, let's bring it down a notch. Okay. All right. Bring it down. Listen, kids. Uh, lots of people getting lots of gifts. You're going out. You're shopping for people. Um, if you haven't become an iFanboy member, uh, it would be a really good time to do. That would that would really help us out and mean a lot to us. But and and you know what, you don't have to. It's not your thing. But you should probably know that if everybody listening right now were to just give like a single ten dollar donation for a year, we'd be good to go. We'd be totally good to go. But as it is, a lot of people are sort of covering for that slack, and those are members, and, and they get things for it, and that's totally cool. You don't have to do it. But if you think that this is something that's really important to you, and you've been meaning to do it, 
it's a good New Year's resolution, something like that. So, you know, if you want to look into becoming an iFanboy member, you can do that. You can, for four bucks a month or $42 a year, you can get uh, an iFanboy prize pack. That's some buttons, that's a comic book, and some stickers. Uh, or you can be the uh, gold circle angel level investor. That's not correct. Uh, for $10 a month or $100 a year, and then you get also the uh, iFanboy member shirt thrown in for that. Um, but if, if that's not your bag and that's not what you want to do, we've got a couple of other things that you can do. You can uh, make sure you click on any of the banners at iFanboy.com for the, for the folks who sponsor our show we really appreciate all of our sponsors and we hope that you uh, give them a shot or and this is a really really easy one that you can do you can go to ifanboy.com slash amazon anytime you want to buy anything from amazon uh, it doesn't have to be the stuff that's listed there if you click on the little powered by amazon button on that page uh, it just takes you to amazon proper now you can even bookmark that and just make it your amazon bookmark and then anything you buy uh, we will, we will, it will, it will help us out a little bit, and and you don't have to do anything for that. It's really easy. And if you're like us, you're gonna be buying a lot of stuff from Amazon over the next two weeks, and then in a week later, you'll remember some other stuff and make one more order, <laughs> and hope that it ships in time. <laughs> yeah, um, there's the, there's the iFanboy T-shirts. There's the there's the badass Battle Pug T-shirt. Uh, that you can uh, pre-order still. Uh, some power and responsibility shirts left, and there may even be a Herm shirt or two. I gotta say, there, there's been an increase in sales, not just in Battle Pug, but power, responsibility, and Herm had a, a lot of people bought them this week. So yeah. um, Christmas cool. gifts. So yes. So. Uh, both of those shirts are fifteen dollars, uh, and the Battle Pug shirt is how much? 20. 20. 20, right. Uh, and that's that's another way you can support it. Wear those to the cons, uh, buy them for somebody who's a fan. Uh, and we thank you for all of that. We thank everybody who's done anything to help us out, out of their way at all. Yep. Uh, you guys you guys and, and girls, uh, really, it's so freaking special. I mean, like, you have no idea how, it's, how appreciative we are. And it's important to note that, that being an iFanboy member makes you eligible for the giveaways as well as, you know, and you might we might have forgotten this over the year or whatever, but you iFanboy members are the ones that are keeping us making these podcasts, doing the writing on the website. It's all, you know, like, basically you're the ones directly, you know, making this all happen in addition to us doing it, but we wouldn't do it without you, for you, so, yeah. you know, so thank I mean, you. Yeah. We have sponsors. You guys have heard them on the show, but they don't cover it. You yeah. guys cover it. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know at this this time of year, like we really have to thank you for that. So that's enough of all that stuff. Because if you are a member, you know that you are eligible for prizes. You hear us giving away prizes all the time. We have more prizes. This was the first of the December giveaways, the big prize packs we've got for every show this month. And the first one is a criminal prize pack, which is all four trade paperback volumes of the first sort of series of criminal. Am I eligible? No. The winner of the criminal prize pack is DB what? DB Cooper. <laughs> it can't be the same DB Cooper. There's still a reward. We've got his address. Right? <laughs> Someone's got it. We must. We're sending him the prize. So congratulations, DB Cooper. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go look him up on Wikipedia. So DB Cooper really won the criminal prize pack. Yes. Criminal prize pack. Yeah, I know. It's 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 it's, it's uncanny. It's, <laughs> Josh doesn't know what we're talking about. No idea. <laughs> you don't know who D.B. Cooper is? It sounds familiar, but well, I keep look, thinking of the actor from the late no, 80s. That's D.B. Sweeney. Yeah, he played Shoeless Joe in 8 Minutes. Let me get the joke out. Yeah, sorry. I thought the same <laughs> thing. D.B. Cooper. Look it up. Robbed up. Eh, never mind. Look anyway, it up. parachute. In Keyword parachute. Disappeared mysteriously, never seen again, or the money. Yep. Some of the money was found. Keyword parachute. All right, next giveaway. The, we also have a giveaway for Star Wars Clone Wars uh, book, art book. And the uh, there are four winners and a grand prize winner. So the four regular winners who got the book are Brandon Earnhardt, Parker Holland, Jana Levitinia, I'm, I'm sorry, Levitine. and Keith Williams. Right. And the grand prize winner for the autographed book by author Bonnie Burden is Efren Jimenez Jr. 
All right. So those are all of our winners this and week. I thought it's important to note that those winners were an interesting, eclectic mix of members who have been members for a long time, as well as members who just signed up right before the deadline. Like a couple of those were like people who signed up last week. So we thank you, and um, it shows you got to be a member in order to win. So go to iFanboy. Also, people, a lot of people have been asking lately, what is the policy on repeat winning? Yep. And we conferred, and if you've won a prize pack as a member, you cannot win for six months. But then after six months, you are again eligible to win. So if you are a winner and you're, you're wondering if you can win things again, after six months, you can. Your chances have got to be pretty good to win. They're really good. Yeah. So I feel like. There's, 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 all, there's more stuff all this month, so we've got more coming up. The other important thing... E.P. Cooper, really, is the next one going to be won by Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> it's important to note, too, that iFanboy members help support our paying of Price Waterhouse Coopers and all the auditing of the winners yeah. of, the, of that. So, yeah, so that, that gets expensive, the accountants. Is that who so. the three guys in suits are behind yes, me? Yes, they are, yeah, yeah. So Anyway, um, all right, cool. So congratulations to all those winners. Go to iFanboy.com forward slash store, and that's where you can become a member to become eligible. In the meantime, for free, as always, we have other podcasts for you to listen to as well as this fantastic one. Um, you want to tune into iFanboy, iFanboy Talksplode, Don't Miss, the longest title ever. Um, that's a new podcast <laughs> that we have a separate feed on. Um, you can go into iTunes and you can search for iFanboy. It'll pop up there, or you can subscribe to it on Mondays when the, the post pops up on iFanboy.com, and that focuses on um, a quick conversation with the creator about a book coming out this week. This Monday, we've got Fred Van Lente talking about X-Men Noir, Mark of Cain number one. Um, great conversation. Fred's a great writer, and uh, that X-Men Noir stuff's pretty nifty, and this one uh, you're going to want to check out, because it's a little different than the one previously. Um, and, if you, and if you missed it last week, because we didn't know what it was when we did the show last week, yes. I was not. Uh, we talked to Matt Sturgis about JSA, JSA All-Stars number one as yep. well. Yes, that was a good one too. So go back and check those out. Um, in addition, on Friday, this past Friday, uh, we released Josh's fantastic conversation with Ron Praza of DC Comics, C.B. Sabolski of Marvel Comics, and Stephen Christie of Archaea Studios Press about all, all you folks who want to make comics, become a writer, become an artist, to get in the door of working and making comics, you got to listen to this podcast. It's a much listen, must listen. I just finished listening to it, and Josh did a fantastic job getting uh, you know invaluable advice and feedback from those three guys. If so. you if you don't know who those names are and you want to break into comics, you should because yeah. if you don't know, you're not going to break into comics. At DC and Marvel, those are names you want to know. And then you know, Archaea is an up and comer, yeah. uh, very much so. It, it was it was a totally fun conversation. It took a really long time, but I'm glad it came together. It was great. It was really good. So so go to go to ifanboy.com. You can find it there, or you can look in the feed from this podcast, and it's it's just under the show. Um, in addition, our sister site over at Murmur.com uh, keeps rolling with Lucky Number episode number 13, uh, where the gang is talking about the National no- Novel Writing Month. Um, I refuse to say the abbreviation because that's just silly. Um, so they're talking about write, writing <laughs> the, the challenge of writing a novel in, in one month in 30 days, which, Josh, congratulations, you pulled off. So a tip of that Ooh. to you, my friend. So I, um, I can't wait to read it if you're going to let me. No one's um, ever going to read it. Um, <laughs> in addition to novel writing, they talk, uh, the gang talked about baking as well as Doctor <laughs> Who. So it seems to be like an eclectic show. And, so. and also uh, prose books for the holidays. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. baking was my favorite segment of that yeah. show. That's a good, that's you, a good topic. You, we, me and Josh and, or, and Jim. More entertaining than you'd think. Yeah, yes. I believe it. So, so go to Murmur.com uh, on this coming Tuesday where you check it out or go to iTunes, search for Murmur. Or subscribe to that podcast as well. So. You know what's funny about that show was when I was editing it, I had to stop for that segment to go eat because it was making me hungry. Nice. <laughs> you usually shouldn't stop and bake. Hey, get over to ifanboy.com if you haven't. Uh, if, if nothing else, it's a damn fine place to be. We put a lot of effort into that as well. There is writing there all the time. There's my pick of the week review for The Mighty Number no. 11. There's the book of the month. There's, there's new content that goes up every single day and lots of really fun discussion. Every single issue that comes out in a given week could have a discussion under it, and many, many do. 
Uh, so get there and go to ifanboy.com slash about and you will see who we are. Uh, Josh, Connor, Ron, and, and other people who write for iFanboy and ha- other ways to hook up with us on the web, social network links and stuff like that. And uh, it's also where you could probably find the video show if you were looking for it. Oh, it's back, baby. Woo. It came back last week. Thanks, everyone, for the kind words. I mean, like, we didn't, we, uh, all we got, all we heard all, all day was nice things and people were happy to have the show come back. They liked it. Last week's show was about Captain America. This week, the 2009 iFanboy Holiday Comics Gift Guide. We've done it twice before, which shows how long we've been doing this. And these are the uh, things you can be looking for. If you're looking for comics as gifts for yourself or someone else or whatever, uh, you can do that. You can find it at iFanboy.com or you can go to revision3.com slash iFanboy or a whole lot of other ways now. Yep. Uh, Roku Box or on, on uh, TiVo and just everywhere. YouTube. They're on YouTube. You yeah, know, they're whatever. on YouTube. What's every that, day huh? I check my Roku box for the update, and every day I'm you can do it manually. I'll talk to you after the show. It's fine. Anyway, um, move it on. You you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com, voicemail eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. Questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, anything you want for this show, sometimes for the video show, or for our own general amusement. <laughs> I, we got we did we got a we got a voicemail from somebody who just said that they wanted to thank us for their prize pack and he was from maine and i was like that's nice. because we're friggin' polite people that's why good job all right then um and if, if you're, you're pol- not you're not humble if you- <laughs> i spent a lot of time out of the state if you're st- if you're still feeling generous head over to itunes and write a review about this show as well as the uh, ifanboy don't miss show as well as the ifanboy video show as well as the murmur podcast write a review it helps people discover the show as well as you know it's good to know uh, let people it's good to vent to let people know what you think um so go to itunes write as many reviews as you can or just tell your friends about ifanboy go to the comic book store tell, uh, tell anybody to listen hey I, I listen to this great podcast you should too so all right well i'm tired and it's only nine o'clock for me, so let's do another hour, people. <laughs> I say, hey, this one, let's do it. Let's. let's All right. So before it. Josh continues with the voices, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. You heard my name, baby. I'm Josh, and it's going to be a good time. Let's start a new show now. Two of us <laughs> going nowhere, <laughs> sending someone's hard-earned day. Two of us Sunday driving, no arriving on our way home. We're on our way home. We're going home. Breakdown. You and I are buddies. What I love is that my neighbors must think I'm crazy because all they hear is cackling with no other noise. <laughs> Blisters on my fingers.